Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios, as always. Beautiful. I don't know why I say beautiful, but Because they are beautiful because the curtains are open. That's right. Of Relate365.com. Straight from the dot-com guy. I'm the dot-com guy. And we're hanging out in the beautiful north woods of Wisconsin where spring is sprung, even though we might get snow this weekend. Yeah, but this time of year, who cares? It's not going to be there very long. I know. Yeah. I don't think it'll be here at all. In I my, don't either. In my humble opinion. I think the trilliums are pushing the snow away. That's right, which they are popping up. They are. They are usually out by Mother's Day, which they should be right on schedule. There you go. Because this weekend. It is. So, for those of you listening, do you know that. Or if you've already celebrated Mother's Day by the time you listen to this. Yeah. You do know that trilliums are very unusual flowers. They are protected by law. You're not supposed to pick them. Really? I think on your private property you can, but don't quote me on that. Find your own lawyer and ask him. However, (laughs) here's the ironic part. You're really not supposed to pick anything on federal land anyway. So it's not that you're supposed to pick flowers anyway. But here's why. If you look at a trillium, which is like there's 400 gazillion billion of them in our forest. Uh And if you look at them, the flower and the leaves are all up together and it's got this long stem. Mm-hmm. So the long stem, people usually pick it, and it kills the plant because there's no le- green leaves left oh. uh, for food uh, for the plant anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's why, for a while, they didn't want you picking them because of the fact that you'd kill the whole plant. Plus, I think, you'd have to look this up, but I think it takes the trillium about seven years to flower. Mm-hmm. So it's not, a, it's not something that flowers like year one. And so if you pick one, and then there aren't many around, and then before you know it, you know, it's easy to have a bouquet of these things, and then they die die off because you've picked all the tr- the leaves. But yeah. It could be old wives' fables. Yeah, you have, to, no you have to research it. You never know. Uh, somebody research it and let me know because I, I think I'm right on that, but I don't know. And, and you never know every once in a while if you're listening to an old guy talk. You don't know whether it's fantasy or fact. <laughs> I like how you say that at the start of that episode. Yeah, yeah you don't. I mean, <laughs> you don't at times. I so mean, you- honestly, the— I'm, so, I'm an old downhill skier. So and the you're saying older you live in a fantasy? Sometimes. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm, I love uh, skiing. Nordic skiing, and I love downhill skiing. And the older I get, the faster I was. You know, I mean, that's just the way life goes. So you, you always got to you know, put a little bit of temper that, in there. Is that where the whole, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah, I think so. We walked yada, 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 yada. Yeah, I think and so. it seems like every time you tell the story, you walk further and deeper and stuff. Yeah, when you hear a guy say that, give him a hug and just go on. What he's saying is, you know, it was hard to walk to school. So you got to hear the message. And, and as we get older, we remember it being harder and you know, if if you got to make it harder every time you tell it, you got to exaggerate in different right. ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we get pretty good at that. Anyway, I got questions to ask you about what's going on in the world here because I'm confused. Okay. Well, I'm not really confused. I'm concerned. Concerned. Um, now, I'm we're I'm, we're not Catholic. We're evangelical. Yep. And uh, I I'm not saying the Catholics are bad people or anything. So please don't interpret any of that. I'm just saying we're not in that that mm-hmm. group. However, there's an ex-pope which, again, I don't understand anything about ex-popes and how they operate. Pope Benedict XVI, I believe. And he's getting um, people saying things about him that aren't the nicest because he basically said that gay marriage will bring about the end of the world. And he goes through and and explains why he thinks that, and we're not going to spend the whole program saying that. But it is interesting to me that 
a pope can come out and say something that the ch- the Catholic Church believes in. Mm-hmm. It's part of the theology of the church. Yeah. And then be called somebody who hates because he's saying that's wrong to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know this pope at all, he doesn't hate. Right. He doesn't hate you for disagreeing. Mm-hmm. But you still could be wrong. Yeah. So I think you have to admit that and live with it. So I don't know what your gut reaction is to when an old pope says something like that. It's like, should he be silenced? Should he, I mean, we're talking about older people, so did he exaggerate this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing? Is he, is he exaggerating the Catholic Church theology? Right. And, I, I, I mean, my reaction is, you know, he has every right to say whatever he wants to. Right. You know, I think we've become a culture where we're, we're not used to or, or it's not— we're not, I don't know, it's like we've lost the, the art of being able to agree to disagree. Right. You know, to allow you to have your different opinions or a different, you know, theology or whatever. I mean, um, just because, I mean, I think you're right or wrong shouldn't impact your ability to express your own opinion. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. I Here's my thought on it. I, th- I think that because people are, are theologically illiterate. Yeah. They have to attack the person because they don't know what else to say. Right. Because if they actually knew what the theology said, you know, first of all, if if you're a Catholic and this bothers you, then you need to come to some kind of grips with why you're a Catholic and, you know, I mean, whatever. Um, if you're not a Catholic, then I wouldn't let it bother you. I, you're not in that group anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like some other family making a decision about something, but you're not part of the family and you're all upset about it. It's like, well, it's their family. Let them make the decision they want to make. Yeah. And in this particular context, there's a theology that I would assume the Catholic Church, I I don't know, we're not Catholic, but I would assume they back. And he's saying something. And uh, I think because you don't know why or the theology behind it or the many years of thought that went into it, you attack the person. And I think when you find yourself attacking the person, it's because you're kind of ignorant on the subject. Mm. Because if you knew what was being said and you were educated, you would argue a different point. You wouldn't basically just call him a bum. Right. And uh, I think that's too easy to do in our culture today. So how do we handle, though? I mean, mean, even you and I do a lot of Bible teaching. Someone comes to us, someone comes to you, and they say, well, I just disagree. So how do you handle it? You talk about it. I know, and if at the end of the day they have a, you know, they say, you know, well, I'm not going to come because it's like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's only so much you could do. It's I don't hate the person. Exactly. You know. So if if you if you refused your cake maker from way back when, and if oh, you yeah, if yeah. you refuse to make a cake for a, a gay person's wedding, is that evil? No, it's their business. Exactly. You know, they could, I mean, there's plenty of other cake makers. It, so, you know, so. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if. To me, it seems simple. It's like, okay, so you guys disagree, go somewhere else. Yeah. that That's way too simple, though, for the way we do things, uh, I guess, as a country. I guess. Yeah. Because what, are people getting affirmation from the fact that everybody has to believe like they believe? Must be, yeah. Well, that's wrong. So if you are one of those people, stop it. Yeah. Because it's not, you're going to have people disagree with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to. There's oh, no. Yeah, it's part of life. Yeah. And you should enjoy the diversity. Yeah. That's all. Because there is diversity where you look at things differently. Right. I mean, in, in America, United States of America, we're going through that, the COVID thing and isolation, whatever, and people are suffering. Mm-hmm. 
And some say they're suffering because, you know, there's no toilet paper and there's no, well, tell that to somebody in a third world country mm-hmm. that that's why we're suffering. Yeah. So there's perspectives that are always out there that you have to understand. And I'm not saying that somebody who's inconvenienced by something isn't suffering. It's just, you know what, there's perspective. Right. And we need to gain the perspective and respect the fact that there's perspective and not judge people because of, you know, um, when, when someone's suffering, they're suffering for whatever reason. It may be a silly reason to you, mm-hmm. but it's still a reason. Yeah. You know, uh, your children, every once in a while, they probably, you probably disagree with their thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So how do you talk to them about that? You, you just try to say, hey, you can't do this. Here's why. You know, and that's a different situation. What if they insist? The, the, what? And that's where it might be a different situation because they're a child and it's like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) Do you ever get to where you say I'm bigger than you? So listen to me. I don't say, I say, well, I'm your dad. Yeah, there you go. And so that's translated. I'm bigger than you. I'm bigger than you. You better listen to me. That's right. Okay. Well, you know what? There are times where you have to do that and there's no apologies for doing that because children grow up and they need guidance and they need direction. And there's times where they cannot comprehend what you're talking about. Right. And you are the adult. So let's talk about, um, if, if I can, another news article that I read, which drives me absolutely insane to a certain degree. Uh, in New York City, are you familiar with Samaritan's Purse? Uh, a little bit. Okay, Franklin Graham runs that, and, and he basically does the, I think those boxes at Christmas are their big yep. thing. Where they, What is that called? Do you remember? Uh, it's like a gift thing. Christmas. Christmas. Uh... It's Christmas. It'll come to me later. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Though. Well, we had the kids at club do it. And uh, anyway, they, they send them all over the world to people. Yeah. They take care of poor people. And so during the COVID crisis, they, I guess, in Central Park, they set up a, a portable hospital, funded it, everything they needed to do to get it going, and had doctors. And, you know, all they wanted to do was help New Yorkers. Yeah. <clears throat> the governor was pleased. Yeah. The hospital that authorized them, pleased. I mean, all they were saying is, we want to help. Right, and we have uh, doctors and nurses, and we have a place we can put them, and we're going to help. Mm-hmm. Well, there was such an outrage against them from groups of people because Franklin Graham is anti-gay mm. and believes that marriage should be between one man and one woman. And they were saying, why are they allowing hate groups to set up um, hospitals in New York? Hmm. And I'm thinking, really? Wow, hate groups? These people are doing it on their own. Yeah. They're coming there. They're they're paying their own way. They're putting up their own tents. They're they're supplying doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. They're being charitable to everyone who comes. They're not asking you whether you're gay or straight when you come in. Right. And and you call them hate people? There's something wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that either. And I think though the problem is that the press picks up on that and if they pick up on that we're in trouble because now all of a sudden it looks like Franklin Graham's a hate person. So have you been to the hospital in our area lately? No, not lately, no. I, I have, unfortunately, to get some checkups, not for anything overly bad. There's a big statue of Jesus in there. Mm-hmm. It, the hospital in Anago, Wisconsin, is an Aspirus hospital, but it was started by the religious hospitalers of St. Joseph. Gesundheit. You think you're, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> it sounded like a mouthful. Yeah, I think it? so. But... <laughs> And I tell you, I have met the nuns that are part of that group. Mm -hmm. They are the kindest, nicest people that you would ever meet in your life. Mm -hmm. 
they have a goal of trying to help everyone who comes into that hospital. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they believe that marriage should be between one man and one woman, and they believe people should be married to have kids, and they have all these other belief systems that they do have in place. Mm-hmm. And they're still helping people, and they're very kind. So w- why would we go after them in any way, shape, or form? Right. Uh, and I would challenge people. Many of the hospitals that serve people have some kind of, I'll use the word religious, um, backing. Some kind of, there, there's um, hospitals that are evangelical. There's hospitals run by the Mormon groups. There's hospitals run by Catholics. There are hospitals run by secular organizations. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, but they're run by people who are trying to help others who are sick, and they're not necessarily asking them when they come in if they fit a criteria in order to be helped like that. Mm-hmm. I would go easy on those people and thank them rather than getting on their case because they don't agree with you. Absolutely. Life uh, could be too complicated if we do that. So, anyway, what things in the news these days are driving you crazy? Is there anything? Uh, I don't know. The The news has been inundated by some similar stuff. Do you watch the news? Uh, I don't watch it. I read the news. And you don't watch the news because? Uh, well, we don't watch much. I don't know. We don't have TVs. So, I mean, we have a TV, but we don't have like a... So why why are, is it evil or what what's the reason? No, it's just easier to read it. Okay. So I just look at the the main headlines on the phone and and read what you want to read and skip over the others. Yeah, yeah. You kind of catch the headlines if it interests you. You open it up, you know. Which it, there's psychological stuff behind that too. You know, they always do a headline so it catches you, and then they always know that the first thing you're going to read is the big text. Right. And then if it catches you again, then they read the article. So is there anybody that's doing like real news, just news that is not overly dramatic or trying to gain your attention? It's hard to find. Everybody's got their own agenda. I guess they do. Is, does anyone have the agenda of reporting the news? Uh, well, they all do. I don't get that, though. I, <laughs> I mean, how do you get the agenda of reporting the news when you have an agenda that you want people to hear what i mean certain stations you can guarantee that you hear pro trump anti-trump whatever else and so where do you get the news from if you just want to hear what's going on in the world you got to decipher i guess and you don't even know where to decipher i think that's pretty dangerous Mm -hmm. so what what causes a nation what causes an individual to who knows better what causes us to do something we shouldn't do? What causes us? In to other do? words, what, why would a nation? Now we started out. If you look at our history as a nation, we started out as a God-fearing nation that really believed that people. In fact, if if you were around in the early days of the United States of America, and I asked this when I was out in Williamsburg, and you're mm-hmm. talking to those people who are playing the part. Yeah, I was trying to get them out of their part. Sure. And they wouldn't because I would take them and say, hey, tell me now. I mean, you don't have to act like this. Tell me the truth. And they would not get out of character, so I give them credit. <laughs> but I asked them, if, if I'm not a Christian, can I vote in your community? And they said, no. Huh. I said, oh, come on now. You know that's not right. They said, you can't vote if you're not a Christian. Hmm. I said, how come that's not in the news? How come that's not in the history books? And they would look at me because it's like, I'm living in this time period. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know, but basically I asked several of those people there if I wasn't a Christian, if I could 
vote or and every one of them told me no hmm. interesting i know so i thought okay what am i actually what have i missed growing up going to a chicago public school mm-hmm. what wasn't i told right about how the nation was actually developed yeah and why the nation was developed and does it matter do you think it matters that we know how it got developed i think it's important yeah now you have a you have a house we do. I do. And that you have a foundation on that house. Yes. And the foundation, do you know if it's cement or brick? Cement. Okay. I have a house that's got cement block oh. as as the foundation. So they're one foot by one foot, I think. What, whatever they are. I don't know what they are, but they're about one. <laughs> they uh, are cement they, block. They're they cement. are what they are. Yeah, they're cement block. Now, if you were to come to my house and, and we would say, okay, I, I don't like this block. Mm-hmm. Let's pound that one out. Yep. We take it out. Then a week later, go, hey, there's another block. You know, it just irritates me. Let's go take that one out. Mm-hmm. How wise of a practice is this? It's eventually not too wise. What happens eventually then? It'll crumble. It's kind of like Jenga. Yeah, it you've is. Ever take, you yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> if you know that game. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I think is happening to our, our nation, and I think we need to be, get called back to the basics somehow. Um, I would encourage our listeners to go look up a guy named uh, Barton from Wall Builders and just see what he says about the history of our country. Uh-huh. Um, but the bottom line really is, you, the premise is simple for me. You can't take out foundational blocks and expect the house to keep standing the way it is. Mm-hmm. You right. have to either replace the blocks with something that is equally as strong. Mm-hmm. Or you will watch the whole structure fall. Right. Though that's the premise I have. Absolutely. So if the United States of America was based on the fact that there is a God, that he does love us, that we worship him, if the law in our land is based on the Ten Commandments and based on what the Bible has said, mm-hmm. and we are dismantling that, See, the question I have is, where does that leave us? Right. When will our house tumble? Mm-hmm. Because it's only a matter of time before it tumbles. Because whatever you're putting in that place is not as strong as what the original was. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, if we have people in our country today, each man doing what's right in their own eyes, mm-hmm. that's different than what our founding fathers yeah. actually said. Right. Now, each man doing what's right in their own eyes is not as strong as having an absolute in place. Mm -hmm. So even though we take that absolute brick out on something and we put each man does what's right in his own eyes. In fact, I would suggest that the outline in the scriptures for family is critical to a nation's stability. Yeah. I I would argue that point, and I would encourage people to get in the Bible, see what God says about family. There's stability there. I would even argue even further that half of the political issues that we deal with are because of the fact that we've ignored God. Mm. For example, the abortion issue. Right. I don't think it should be an issue. Right. Because God has said this from the beginning, that there should be one man and one woman who commit themselves to each other. And before that commitment, before that marriage takes place, they are not sexually active. So they're not making babies ahead of time. Right. That's the plan. Mm -hmm. And after they get married, and since they are committed to each other for life, 
there is a platform, a stable platform called the family that is there for the children to grow up in. Mm -hmm. Now, this affects all of society. Yeah. So if we do it the way the Bible says, we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And we would never be talking about abortion in this sense. Yeah. So the question I have is, what are the foundational principles then that our forefathers really laid everything out on? And the people that we're talking to, and even yourself or myself, are we in a position to know what we need to defend? Mm -hmm. Because now it sounds like whatever is the brick going in. Yeah. And if that's true, can whatever we're replacing things with, can the idea of people being married to whoever they want, however they want, whatever marriage is, no fault, of, can that actually replace the brick in the foundation of the family? And if it can't, what are the ramifications for a country yeah. long term? Right. And I think we're going to find that out. And I, and I think we're already starting to see that, you know, because um, I would say, I mean, if you were to say, you know, is our country getting along? Right. You know, and a lot of us would probably say no. And we'd probably say that each ele election cycle, we see that more and more so. Yep. You know, and I think it all goes back to what you're saying is that, you know, we're swapping out these bricks and it's not working. No, they're, they're different size bricks they are different strength bricks. Right. And we're saying, you know, it doesn't matter. Just replace it with something. Right. Really, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. there, there's a certain strength that is needed in the foundation, no matter yeah. what. You can't just swap it with anything you want to swap it for. Right. Um, and really, we can get to the point where you say, well, you, then what we need to do is take a vote on things and have a... Really, we can determine what was in the brick by a vote? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. It's already done. Right. Um, if you were to come to my house and try and tell me, you're, we're going to take a vote as to what the foundation is made out of, I would say, you're goofy. <laughs> I mean, that's what I say. Yeah. Because you would be. Right. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's already made out of something. You want to know what it's made out of? Go check it out. Yeah. And if you want to check it out, so then you come up and you say, oh, it's made out of oatmeal. I go, you're still goofy. Because <laughs> it's really not oatmeal. Yeah. Did you decide that before you went down? Mm -hmm. And looked at my basement. Right. Because it's not. It's cement black. And it's one course less than it should be because I ran out of money. So it's one instead course? of eight foot, that oh. course is each layer. Oh. And so I, I had to go one less because I ran out of money when I built the house. Oh. So is it shorter then? It is. It's one foot short. So it's a seven foot seam? It is Look in my that. basement. But, you know, I had to sacrifice something somewhere so that I could actually own a house. Yeah. And that's what I did because I, I, I really literally ran out of money completely. So it was like, well, how do you want us to finish building this house? Hmm. <sighs> because you ran into some, unex for me, some unexpected expenses. Up right. here in the North Woods, you, you know, the well is what really got me. Oh, yeah, because you never know how deep they got to go. Well, not only that, I had, I mean, I, it's a long story, but let's just say I had a well that didn't work. As oh, well. oh! So you ended up with two wells, and you ended up with one that didn't work, and then you got expenses that go with that. That's not you, so swell. No, no, no swell well. You like what I did there? I, I like that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's good. But in the process, you say, okay, well, here's what we have to do to, you know, get into the house, and and really, it's it's worked out fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, you put a suspended ceiling in the basement anyway, and you you end up not that far from what you might have done, you know, originally. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, you bury the pipes up in the floor joists or whatever. But the bottom line really is, I think we as a nation, I think people need to go back and say two things. Number one, first and foremost, what I want to do is go back to the book of Genesis and understand how God started everything and why he started everything and how it works. Mm-hmm. Those are the foundational bricks of life right there. Yeah. Then we should go back and look honestly at how the founding fathers created the United States of America and why and what their thought process was in that. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll find some very, very interesting quotes that people would not even allow today. Yeah. I think like the very first Supreme Court, uh, head of the Supreme Court, whatever it is, Chief Justice was John Jay if I've got that right. And he was, he basically, I believe, talked about the idea that Christian, if you're not a Christian, you, you really don't have much to say mm. because your perspective is not right. Right. Now, can you imagine there wasn't probably anyone closer to the Constitution than John Jay, mm-hmm. the first chief justice of the Supreme Court that was put in place for the Supreme Court Mm-hmm. Uh, to judge whether things are constitutional or not, and he had that attitude. Right. I would just suggest that maybe that was the attitude we should all have mm-hmm. because he's the one who said it. Now, again, I, I'm sure I misquoted him. I'm sure, right. you know, because I'm doing this all from memory. But uh, there are places like wall builders and other places you can go and you can see um, some of these things very well documented as far as what the founding fathers said. Mm-hmm. And what I encourage you to do is not take the spin that people put on or whatever else. Just look at what they said. Look up John Jay. Yeah. Look up Christianity in John Jay and look at what he said and, and just evaluate it. And what you're going to find is that he's the guy telling you, here's how the nation was founded. Mm-hmm. Here, here's how we interpret things according to the Constitution, according to the foundational blocks that you don't want to pull out. I really fear, Jason, that your generation has lost the idea of origins Mm. and because of that they will lose the country yeah because you can't switch the foundation right now yeah you can't do it you don't have to embrace everything i guess but you can't switch it because if you do we're in big trouble yeah um look at how many laws people uh, create when it's not a part of the, the the constitution is actually rather simple yeah it's a rather short document compared to things like the tax code. Oh man, tell me about it. I mean, if you look at any of the original documents, they're short. Yep. Look at any document nowadays. Holy smokes, you need a few days to read it, and then you don't even know what it says. Exactly. And and part of that is because they're trying to come in from so many different angles and make it work. Yeah. The Constitution is simple, and the Bible's simple. And I want to end my part of this with saying it's really simple to realize there's a God. I'm not Him. He's the one who created the universe. He made it a certain way. I need to know him. I need to respond to him. And I need to let his foundational bricks be the foundation to my life. And I invite our listeners to do the same. Absolutely. Uh, Another great episode. I encourage you, if you missed part of it or if you want to check out any (laughs) other episodes, head over to Relate365.com. And you could uh, check out uh, all the Younger Older podcasts. And we actually do some other ones as well with Nighttime and some other things that Dave does. And so I encourage you to check out all the resources and catch up and listen to them. Um, and, and continue to tune in, you know, where we just take life and talk about things. And sometimes we're goofy. Sometimes we're serious. Sometimes we're just talking about what's going on. And I invite them to check our Nicolay Bible Institute.org site and uh, for college. That's and, right. 
and SilverBirchRanch.org for summer camping experiences. We'd love to have you. So this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.